Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Well, guess what, guys? Reach Week 2020 is kind of coming to a close. And, uh, you know, we, we are wrapping up what I would say probably one of the greatest ministry opportunities that we have here at The Rock. There are times I've kind of wanted to say one of the greatest events, but I don't like that word. But I do believe it's one of the greatest ministry opportunities we have had. After a two-year hiatus, we're able to come back and, and have uh, Reach Week 2022. Did I say that right? Well, I, I, you know my heart. I mean, come on, give me a break. And so Reach Week 2022, uh, my wife corrected me. Everybody stretch your hand towards her and pray for her right now. Reach Week 2022, just an incredible, incredible, incredible opportunity. And I want to say, stop and say a huge, huge thank you to you, everybody that was able to be involved in Reach Week 2022 for giving of your time, giving of your effort, giving of your labor, and going in and reaching into our city, serving our city, and loving our city. But I especially want to take a moment and say a huge, huge thank you of appreciation to Pastor Jamie Chong Yu and Pastor Hector Gonzalez. Come on, give it up for these guys. Come on, give it up for these guys. Don't mess around. Their, their leadership, their administrative ability, their spiritual uh, conduciveness to what was going on was literally just a home run grand slam out of the park. I sat back and watched both of them work all week. Maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. I sat back and watched them work. <laughs> I sat back and watched them work all week. Uh, again, you know my heart. Uh, but they just did an incredible, incredible job. And so Reach Week 2022 is almost in the books, and we just thank Jesus for what he's done. So Reach Week 2022, as the Rock of Gainesville is coming to a close. However, there is another Reach Week starting tomorrow morning. Why is that, Pastor Ron? Because reaching into our city, loving our city, ministering to our city is not encapsulated in a seven-day event. It's not just for a small period of time. If that's the case, we forget that our commission and our calling is 365 days a year. It's nonstop. And so Reach Week 2022 from the Rock of Gainesville's corporate standpoint is kind of wrapping up, but Reach Week 2022 for you as an individual believer is just getting started on Monday morning. And so it will get going. It may not be as large, it may not be as mobilized, it may not be as orchestrated, but it is a reach week that you will go into our city and love our city nonetheless. So one's ending, so to speak, another one is starting because my commission and my calling never has a period at the end of that sentence. It continues all the time. Now, uh, if that kind of worries you a little bit, 
Because you're thinking, well, you know, I, th I thought I made it through that seven-day period. I don't have to go, you know, out in the city anymore and talk to people and do things like that. I thought I kind of, I kind of, kind of thought maybe I put in my time. Come on, somebody. And so now I've kind of got it done. And if, so if I'm telling you that another Reach Week starts tomorrow on a personal level, if that kind of makes you nervous, then just relax because I want to show you why. I'm going to roll back the pages of time just for a couple of weeks. And about two weeks ago, we were in staff prayer and we were praying over Reach Week 2022. And Pastor Hector was praying. Here you go. Pastor Hector was praying. And as he was praying and leading us, he said something that just really jumped in my spirit. He said, God, we're going to go out and we're going to love our city. We're going to serve our city. We're going to reach out to our city. But Father, Father God, we, listen to me now, we need you to go with us. We need you to go with us. Now, when Pastor Hector said that, here's how high it hurt it. We're going to go serve our city, but Jesus, we need you to show up. We need you to show up because if not, we're going to go out and we're going to do good things. But without the presence the power, the love, the compassion, and the changing ability of our God, that's all we're going to do is just good things. And I like good things, but I don't want to do just good things because I'm going to fall short of my commission and my calling. What is my commission? What is my calling in this place that we're living called Alachua County? It is to represent the kingdom of God in the face of the earth. I represent Jesus in everything that I do. So now if you're thinking, okay, I've got a, I've got a, Pastor Ron's going to make me start my own personal one-on-one -on -one reach week. Ah! But he said, Jesus is going with me. Let me give you the good news. Wherever you go, Jesus goes with you. Romans chapter 6. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells. Everybody say dwells. Everybody say abides. Everybody say rests. The same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So wherever you go, Jesus goes with you. Now, I've been teaching a principle here for a long time. And the principle is this, and I love it. Wherever I go, things just got better. Wherever I go, things just got better. Now, I know in its purest form that sounds a little arrogant, does it not? It kind of does. But here's the deal. Wherever I go, I take Jesus with me. And when I get there and he goes with me, the atmosphere changes, the dynamics change, the surroundings change, and the presence and the anointing of God enter with me and changes everything that's going on. So things get better. Things get better when you and I show up. Wherever I go, things just got better. So Here's the question we're going to ask and answer this morning. So what happens when Jesus shows up? What happens when Jesus shows up? I'm going to use a, spiritual, a scriptural backdrop for this word that I'm going to share with you this morning in John chapter 12. And it's probably one of the greatest moments in history of Jesus showing up outside of his birth. It's the triumphant entry into Jerusalem. 
And I always have found that kind of interesting because they call it the triumphant entry, yet he is entering Jerusalem to go to the cross. But how many of you know because he went to the cross, we are made more than conquerors through Jesus Christ today. So it is triumphant in Jesus' name. So he comes into Jerusalem in this triumphant entry, entry rather, in John chapter 12, and there's some real interesting things that takes place that answers this question, what happens when Jesus shows up? Literally, they're gathering together for the Feast of Passover. They came to Jerusalem three times a year, Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles, and this is the Passover feast. It's a big, large, religious ceremony. And as they are having this big, large, religious ceremony, Jesus shows up. So let's look at John chapter 12. Here we go. The next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival, Passover, heard that Jesus was on his way. Jesus is about to show up. He's on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him, shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the King of Israel. Jesus found a young donkey and sat on it, as it is written, do not be afraid, daughter of Zion. See, your king is coming, seated on a donkey's colt. At first, the disciples did not understand all of this. Only after Jesus was glorified did they realize that these things had been written about him and that these things had to be done to him. Watch this now. Watch the, the setting change a little bit. Remember, we're in a big religious festival, and Jesus just showed up. Watch the setting change. Now, the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. They, Jesus showed up, so the word's continuing to get spread. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this sign, went out to meet him. How many of you know when Jesus shows up, we go find out where he is? Come on, somebody. We go out and meet him. So the Pharisees said to one another, see there, this is getting us nowhere. We're trying to trick this guy. We're trying to deceive this guy. We're trying to falsely accuse this guy. We're trying to get him to answer the right questions with the wrong answers. And he keeps, listen to me now, he keeps doing everything right. And we're not getting anywhere. And here, look, here it is. Look how the world has gone after him. Come on, somebody. Look how the world has gone after him. Now, there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival. They came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida in Galilee, with a request. Sir, they said, we would like to see this Jesus. This guy in this middle of this religious festival shows up, and we want to see this guy. We want to find out if he's the real deal. We want to find out if he's really got the goods. We want to find out what's really going on with this person that everybody keeps following. So here's the question. What happens when Jesus shows up? Write it down. Number one, the excited celebrate. The excited celebrate. Come on now. How many of you know when Jesus shows up, something takes place that's worth celebrating. 
It's called redemption. Come on, somebody. It's called healing. It's called deliverance. It's called encouragement. It's called joy. It's called peace. It's called everything that we can imagine. Why? Because Jesus just showed up. What does the Bible say about Jesus? He went around doing good, healing the sick, and all those that were oppressed with the devil. So when Jesus shows up, I've got a cause to celebrate. I got a reason to celebrate. Jesus, look guys, come on with me for just a moment. Your, your life, my life, our life was a mess. We had done a great job of royally messing things up, getting into sin and degradation, and Jesus showed up and redeemed our lives and set us on a path of hope and destiny. Reason to celebrate, right? Reason to celebrate. Look at what they do. They took palm branches and they went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. They're in this huge religious celebration and the one that is what we would call the real deal, the authentic one, the real Jesus shows up and walks right in the middle of that religious celebration and all kinds of great things start happening. Right in the middle of religious activity, the atmosphere changes, the dynamics change, the situations change. Why? Because the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords just walked in to a bunch of religious activity. Here's the principle you got to get. Religious activity is not the same as authentic faith. You want me to say it again? Religious activity is not the same as authentic faith. See, here's the deal, guys. We could have gone out into Alachua County and done a lot of good things. A lot of, I'd even say, not that you would, but I would say it, religious things. But see, there's a difference because we go out and you go out and we serve. And as I said a minute ago, when we go out and serve, we take Jesus with you. So we're not doing religious things. Hear me now. We're not doing natural things. We're doing supernatural things. The natural thing is to do a good thing, but we're not doing natural things. We're doing supernatural things. Why? Because we did not go in our own power. We went in the presence and the love and the compassion and the strength of Jesus. So we're not going out and just doing good things. That's religious activity. And religious activity is not the same as authentic faith. Look at this quote by Bill Johnson. Jesus, I love this, guys. Read this with me now and pay attention. Jesus did not go through all of his suffering so we could just go to church. Uh, uh, uh. Now, don't misunderstand. I love going to church, man. I love going to church with you. Barbara and I were on vacation a couple of weeks ago. I missed a Sunday. Man, I, I, was, I was going nuts. Not being here drives me crazy. Hector and Jamie will tell you, PT will tell you, I'm going on vacation. I'm texting. I'm calling. I'm asking why. I love you guys. Come on, somebody. I love the Rock of Gainesville. I like being here. <laughs> I, I was wondering if somebody was going to say that. You know, it, it was kind of like a you know, you were kind of like a little bait, and then, you know, Carrie caught it. Thanks, Carrie. I appreciate it. I don't know how the rest of you feel, but you know, I. 
Where was I? <laughs> oh, yeah. Jesus didn't go through all of His sufferings so that we could just go to church. Now, again, I love going to church, but that's not why He went to the cross. Why did He go to the cross and endure all of those sufferings? He did what He did to give abundant life. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Abundant life, and by doing so, He made it possible to raise up, this is you, to raise up a new breed of world changers. World changers just, just don't go to church. World changers change the world. Come on, somebody. World changers just don't show up on Sunday morning. World changers change culture and change the world they live in. And that's you. Why? Because that's what Jesus did for you. Those, these world changers, those who would maintain the standard He set in both power and in love. Those that would set a standard that He set so that we could keep that standard going. Now, understand something. When we talk about something like Reach Week, whether it's a corporate Reach Week, or it's a personal Reach Week, or it's just going out every day and serving our community, how many of you know that's not always going to be easy? Come on, somebody. You're going to have opposition out there. Jesus was going into the most beautiful religious festival full of people that were supposedly, I guess you could say, and I think that's the case, worshiping God, and He found opposition. You're going to go out and you're going to love your city. I know, I, you know, I never heard any reports, and I certainly hope this is the case, that last week while we were out there on Reach Week, you didn't, you know, get any crazy opposition. I hope everything went well. Well, guess what? If it hasn't happened yet, it will. <laughs> you know, just fasten your seatbelt. It will. You're going to have a little bit of opposition, but so what? It doesn't matter. Greater is He that is in you than he that is out there in the world. So I'm not worried about a little bit of opposition. Why am I not worried about it? The walk of faith is to live according to the revelation that we have received in the middle of things we can't explain. Man, there are things going on I don't understand. I can't explain it. doesn't matter. I walk by faith. Well, let's, here we go. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by faith. Say it out loud with me. Oh, that's kind of weak. Say it one more time. How many of you will agree with Pastor Ron, if I walk by sight, I might throw in the towel? If I walk by sight, and I go by only what I see in this crazy world that I'm living in, I don't know what I'm going to do. I want to believe, and I was talking about something like this with somebody the other day. I think it was you and I talking at St. Francis' house the other night in respect to what Pastor George and Pastor Suzanne have walked through. And I, I've, I've told Andrew a lot of times, there are times that I've walked with, I've talked to a pastor, and I thought, I don't know how you're doing this. This walk of faith is amazing to me. How, how, you know, and here's what I said. I want to believe that if I went through the same thing, I would be a great man of faith and power. But you know what? I ain't walked in his shoes yet. I ain't walked in his shoes. And there are things that are tough that I'm walking through and you're walking through that I, I don't understand, but I don't walk by faith. I, I, I don't walk by sight. I walk by faith. I'm thinking. 
How many of you agree with Pastor Ron, that's a dangerous position to be in? (laughs) See, I think, guys, that the opposite of faith is not fear. The opposite of faith is sight. I walk by faith, not by sight. Because if I only go by what I see, I am challenged in my spirit, I'm challenged in my mind, I'm challenged in my life, I'm challenged in the belief of my future, I'm challenged in the belief of my destiny. Why? Because I'm only going by what I see, and I forget that His ways are higher than mine. So I walk by faith and not by sight. So what happens when Jesus shows up? The excited celebrate. Number two, here we go. What happens when Jesus show up? I love this one right here. The curious question. The curious question. Wait just a second. We've been trying to trick him. We've been trying to slander him. We've been trying to accuse him. We've been trying to get him to answer the right questions with the wrong answers, yet the entire world is following him. What's going on? On. Let's look at the chapter here. So the Pharisees said to one another, see, this is getting us nowhere. You see the curiosity in their voice? Come on, somebody. Huh? Answer my question. Do you hear the curiosity? This is getting us nowhere. We're trying, we're try- I've already said it. We're trying to mess him up. We're trying to trick him. We're trying to falsely accuse him. And here we go. The whole world has gone after him. And there were some Greeks among those who went up to worship at the festival, and they came to Philip, who was from Bethsaida, and they said, we want to see this Jesus. We want to see if he's really got the goods. We want to see why. Why? Everybody say why. Why? Say it one more time. Why? Why is the entire world following this guy when he's making all these crazy accusations that he's the Son of God. Why is this going on? What's taking place? Here's the principle you got to get. Authentic faith facilitates great questioning. Man, when I live a life that is authentic before the world, you live a life that is authentic before the world, they understand some of the things that you're facing, guys, and they sit back and say, how are you doing this? How are you making it? I know what you're I know what you're facing. I know what you're walking through. I know what's coming against you. How do you have such great confidence? I know the battle that you're in. How do you have such a strong uh, confidence, such a great sense of joy, such a great sense of peace? How is this taking place? I'll tell you why. Because the real you with the real Jesus in you facilitates great questioning. You know, People tell, have said through the years, and you've heard it, I don't think you should ask why. Well, I don't care. I say that in love. Look, if I don't ask the why, I don't get the what. If I don't ask the why, I don't get the how. If I don't ask the why, I don't get the direction I need from Holy Spirit. Now, in asking the why, I need to have the right heart in asking the why. I don't ask the why, why, God, are you doing this to me? No, I don't have that kind of heart in asking God why, but I don't have a problem asking God why, because He is the, listen to me now, 
He is the Father that wants to give me honest answers. He wants to be a talking, speaking God that gives me direction and solidification in what I'm walking through. So authentic faith facilitates great questioning. Hey, not, not right to ask why. Well, Noah did. Job did. Elisha did. Jesus did. Why, God, have you forsaken me? Nothing wrong with asking why. I don't ask the why. I don't get the what. Now, again, I've got to have the right heart, but here's the principle you got to get. I can't hold God hostage to my questions. He not only has the answer, He is the answer. Understand something, guys. God's not afraid of your questions. Come on, somebody. He is Abba Father that wants to have a communication with His child that when they're confused or when they're stretched or when they're worried and they're wondering what's going on, they can say, God, what's taking place? And the Spirit bears witness with my spirit that I am a child of God and His answer comes forth in shining glory. Can't hold God hostage. Yeah, go ahead and give Jesus praise. Come on, somebody. Can't hold God hostage to my questions. I watched this week Bill Johnson as he spoke at Bethel just a few days after he conducted a celebration of life service for his wife who passed away from cancer. And I sat there looking at that. Guys, it was gut-wrenching. It was raw. It was real. Very, very real. And I sat there watching it and I thought to myself, here's a guy that is known for the miraculous, believes in the miraculous, yet his wife died of cancer. You don't think there was a time he probably stopped and said, why God? I bet you a dollar to a donut. I'm going to win that bet. I can't imagine him not stepping back some time and saying, God, help me out here. But he said something in that message that just really ministered to me. Never said you couldn't ask why. Never said you shouldn't ask why. Here's what he said. I can't let my why take me away from him. I'm going to say it one more time because you missed a great place to say, oh yeah. I can't let my why take me away from him. My why is real. My why is legit. My why is, is, is true. I'm asking myself why. But I'm not asking myself, why, oh God, is this taking place? No. I'm saying, God, help me out here. I am your son. You are his daughter. I need some direction here, so help me out, God, as I shout and cry out with the why. And God's not afraid of that. Can't hold him hostage to my questions. He is Abba Father. Now, here's the thing that a lot of times creates problems and confusion with the why. It creates a lot of opinions. The why creates a lot of thoughts. The why creates a lot of ideas. The why creates a lot of ideology, a lot of voices. The why creates a lot of opinions. Well, guess what? I'm not afraid of of opinions that are out there. You've heard me say a million times, there's a lot of voices in culture right now. Not listening to those voices. I'm listening to the voice of the Father. I'm listening to the voice of God. So I'm not worried about all those voices and all those opinions because here's the world we live in. 
we live in a world of opinions that are strongly held but poorly formed. We live in a world that I, this is what I believe, this is what I stand for, this is what I'm going to just really set my mark on, this is my belief system until somebody gives me something better to think about. Here's what the Bible calls it, being tossed back and forth by every wind of doctrine. And that's kind of the world we're living in, a world of strong opinions, opinions that are strongly held but poorly formed. Well, why do you believe that? Well, mama told me. <laughs> or daddy told me, or my coach told me, or pastor told me. So I guess that's what I'm supposed to believe. But I don't know that I really understand why I believe that. But, but that's what I believe. That's what I believe. That's what I'm really believing. Listen, what that does is that allows this confusion to come in. And what I got to understand is I'm not worried about the opinions. I'm not worried about the voices. I'm not worried about the shifting sand of culture. You want to know why? I know who I have believed in, and I am persuaded that He is able to keep that which I've committed unto Him against that day. I am steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for I know that my labor will not be in vain, because God's Word does not change. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So let the opinions come. I'm not worried about that. But i got to encourage you with this. Don't let the confusion of culture become the questioning of your calling. Don't let the confusion of culture, I believe this, I believe that, I believe this, I believe that. Don't let the confusion of culture question your calling. Because again, God's Word is not going to change. His calling is the same all the time. Look at this in Colossians chapter 2. So then, just as you received... Christ, Jesus as Lord. Continue, continue, continue. Don't back up, don't give up, don't throw in the towel. Continue, regardless of the confusion, continue to live your lives in Him. Rooted and built up in Him. Strengthened in the faith as you were taught. You were taught, you're still walking in it, it's not changed. I love this one right here. And overflowing. Come on now. Overflowing with thanksgiving, thankfulness. Overflowing with thankfulness. Can I, can I be just honest with you for just a second? Well, let me ask the question again. I'm kind of worried here. I want to be honest. Now, I, you know, I, I probably should rephrase that too, right? Let me be honest with you right now. Everything else has not been a lie, by the way. <laughs> So let me clear that up. And I don't know why, but what I have found Holy Spirit speaking to me over and over and over again, and just kind of just comes out of me for some reason. Here's the words that come out of me prompted by Holy Spirit. Father, I want to be a person of gratitude. I want to be a person of gratitude. I want to be a person of thankfulness. I want to be a person of thanksgiving. Am I all the time? No. No, but that's what I want to be. You want to know why? Come on now, listen to me. Listen to Pastor Ron. Why do we want to do that? It opens up wide open the door of favor. It opens up the door of favor in your life and my life. You know what, guys? I love it. I love it when there's enough Jesus in you to cause the curious to question. 
I love it when there's enough Jesus in you to get somebody to come up to you and say, I don't understand how you're doing it. I know what you're going through. I know what you're facing. I don't understand. How do you have such confidence? The curious question. How do you have such faith? The curious question. How are you able to walk through the battle you're walking through? The curious question. How are you able to stand steadfast? The curious question. Why are they questioning that way? There's a lot of Jesus in you. Come on, somebody. There's a lot of Jesus in you. Number three, and I'm done. Here we go. I was worried. I hear footsteps. Hello. Hello. That's mine and Kristen Morgan's greeting. Hello. Oh, here we go. What happens when Jesus shows up? Write it down. The shook up spread hope. The shook up spread hope. How many of you know Jesus will shake things up in your life? Come on, be real with Pastor Ron. Has Jesus ever shook you up before? Come on now. Has Jesus ever shaken you up before? Jesus will shake some things up. He will shake some things up. I'm standing on the banks of a river and I'm watching this, these fishermen out there. They're catching no fish. All of a sudden, Jesus shows up. Throw your net on the other side and they can't get all the fish in the boat. That'll shake you up. I'm standing at the tomb of Lazarus and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up and he says, Lazarus, come forth. And that stone rolls away. And there comes Lazarus. <laughs> he's still in his grave clothes, but he's coming out alive and well. How many of you know that'll shake you up? Go to a, never mind. I'm in a boat and man, the wind and the waves are beating us back and forth. And Jesus comes out and this is all he does. Peace be still. And the wind and the waves how many of you know that'll shake you up? This is a good one. This is a good one. I'm in a boat and I look out and I see this form coming toward me and somebody says, what is that? Well, that's Jesus walking on the water. <laughs> that'll shake you up. How many of you, and now as a result of that, what happens? We just don't get shook up for shook up's sake. We get shook up and we spread hope. Man, there was a lot of people this week, and I love this, guys. I love this, Pastor Hector. There was a lot of people that got shook up because you showed up and brought Jesus with you, and their lives were changed for an eternity. Man, some of these guys yesterday, Pastor Tad's out at Shell Elementary with a team. They're working in the hot sun. Pat's with them, and they're building this stuff, and it turned out beautiful, turned out absolutely gorgeous, shook things up. You don't think some of the leaders of that school aren't spreading hope today? Is that Issa back there? Yeah, there you go. You don't think those leaders, are, they're going to be spreading hope when they see that wonderful work they did? Yeah, go, go, go ahead and say, yeah, there's, there, there's the principal right there. Come on, somebody. 
That's Pastor Tad's team. Pastor Hector and John Heisey. I thought John was in here. Was he not in? Is he back there? Cool, no worries. They, they led a huge team yesterday working in the debilitating heat at a widow's home. How many of you know that's the Word of God? Come on, somebody. That is Scripture, Scripture, Scripture. Literally turning this lady's world upside down. She is shook up, and you don't think she's spreading hope today? Last night, St. Francis' house. The night before that, St. Francis' house. The night before that, St. Francis' house. All day yesterday, teams going to first responders and loving on those guys. Newberry High School, all kinds of phenomenal things. I can name them all. I'm not going to because next week we're going to have a chance to look at them. But shaking things up. Why? You showed up with Jesus in you and hope is being spread today. Come on, somebody. Hope is being spread. Look at John chapter 12. Now the crowd that was with him when he called Lazarus from the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to spread the word. Many people, because they had heard that he had performed this, went out to meet him. The shook up spread hope. Jesus shakes your life and you gotta go meet him and spread hope, spread the word, spread what's taking place in your life and his life. But that's not going to happen unless we understand authentic faith involves surrendering control. I'm not going to Shell Elementary. I'm not going to this widow's house. I'm not going to St. Francis' house. I'm not going to, to check on these first responders. I'm not going to all these places we went to unless I say this, it's not about me, it's about Jesus in me. See, if I wanna just hold on to control, I stay on that couch in that comfortable living room where that air conditioning is flowing and it feels really, really good. But when I surrender control and say, it's not about me, it's about Jesus, it's about this community, it's about loving our community, then I let go of control, I get up off my couch and I go love red, yellow, black and white, everybody that's precious in his sight. Why, because it's not about me, it's about Jesus. Hey, you remember, I promise you I'm almost, I don't even know how, time I have. I think it says a minute 47, six, five, four, three. You, you remember this story? You, you know the story, Jesus fed the 5,000. And after they were fed, I love this man, after they were fed, when Jesus walked away, the crowd dispersed. And when the crowd dispersed, this is what they said and this is what they did. Surely this is the prophet that has come into the world. After they were fed, they didn't sit on the hillside and rub their belly and pick their teeth with a toothpick and take an afternoon nap. They got up, they went into the highways and the byways and they made a declaration that this is the prophet that has come into the world. Here's why. The presence and power of the Spirit of God upon Jesus stirred a hunger for God in the people. That hunger brought a change in attitude. Here it is. 
no longer governed by their circumstance, but by their calling. Not governed by, I'm so hungry, I want something to eat. That's what's governing them if they're not surrendering to Jesus. I'm so hungry, I hope somebody will come feed me. They're not governed by their circumstance, they're governed by their calling. What's their calling? Going out into the world and saying this, surely this is the prophet that has come into the world. Not governed by what's going on in the moment. Not going, governed by that, the power and the presence of the Spirit of God stirs up a hunger for God, not a hunger in the belly, a hunger for God in the people, and that hunger brought about a change in their attitude. Now, not sitting on the hillside, but they're getting up and moving. You wanna know why? Hope was restored. Come on, somebody. Hope came alive. Hope became known. It wasn't just a mythology. It wasn't just an idea. Hope came alive, and because that hope came alive, and they got shook up. They knew that that hope has caused them to be stirred enough to go say something to others about the hope that can be theirs also. See, the culture that we live in will tell you quickly there's no hope. They'll tell you this is the way it's going to be. Get used to it. Just kind of slide in with it and go with the flow because... There, there's no hope, there's no change, there's no answers, there's no relinquishing of the situations that we're in. That's what culture will try to tell you. That is not what the Word of God says. Come on somebody, that's not what the Word says because I understand this, there's always going to be hope. Anytime Jesus shows up, any area of my life for which I say there is no hope, is under the influence of deception. You get that? When I say there's no hope, no, the, the enemy's lied to me. When I say there's no hope, no, the enemy's tricked me. When I say there's no hope, no, that's a falsehood because every area of my life has hope. As long as Jesus shows up, and he will, he will always show up. You want me to prove it to you? Come on, say, prove it to me, PR. Come on, say it like you mean it. Prove it to me, PR. Prove it to me, PR. Say it like you mean it. Prove it to me, PR. That's easy. Jeremiah 29. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Come on. Thank you, Father. Stand with me. Father, I thank you for this wonderful group of people that we're able to spend time with today, Lord. Father, I bless them, and I just thank you, Lord, for their lives and what their lives represent. First of all, to you and what their lives represent to the kingdom, what their lives represent to me in this house. Father, I thank you for this group that is together today. And Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, that we do have hope because you do show up. Father, we rejoice today that when we feel like we're in our darkest hour, there is the revelation of light. And at the entrance of Jesus comes light. And Father, if there's 
somebody in this room that says, I need Jesus to show up. My life is filled with darkness. My life is filled with doubt. My life is filled with fear. My life is filled with worry. I need Jesus to show up and I need him to change my life by becoming my savior and my Lord. If there's one in this room today, Lord, we wanna love on them, pray for them, encourage them, and just declare that today can be the day. Today can be the day. Today can be the day that Jesus shows up in their life and hope is restored. If you're here today, nobody's looking around for just a moment. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, that's me. That's me. That's me. I need Jesus to show up in my life. I need to see him become my Lord, my Savior, and hope, health, a future, strength, encouragement be added to my life. And all that stuff I've been living with now gone. Why? Because Jesus showed up. I need Jesus to show up in my life today. I want to accept him as my Savior and my Lord. Would you please pray for me along with this wonderful group of people. Put your hand up right where you are right now. Yes. 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 Put your hand up right where you are right now. And we're going to stand with you and declare that Jesus is going to show up in your life today. Put your hand up right where you are. Anybody else? Anybody else? All right, here's what we're going to do. Thank you for being bold and courageous to raise that hand that way. This whole congregation is gonna pray with you. We're gonna to pray together, and we're gonna make this really simple because the Bible makes it simple. The Bible says this, if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus died and rose again, you can be saved. That's simple. So we're all gonna to pray together. All I ask you to do is to pray and mean it from your heart as we help you to pray together. So everybody together right now, Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. And that's exactly what I ask right now, Lord for Jesus to show up, show up in my life, show up in my life complete, show up in my life full with everything that you have at me. Father, I ask in Jesus' name that my life, my future, my destiny is going to be changed because right now, Lord, I'm asking for forgiveness and I'm asking for you to become Lord of my life. And Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that you are going to make my life new and complete. And we rejoice with all the good things that you're going to do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Everybody said amen. Come on, give the Lord a big ovation of praise. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.